0: Ladies and gentlemen of the YLP realm, lend me your ears for a few moments, if I may. Before we get started on episode 293 of the YLP podcast, we must, of course, talk about the passing of two greats in sports and news industries. Uh, we found out Friday, um, Former home run champion, depending on who you ask. Hank Aaron passed away at the age of 86. Former Atlanta Brave. Former Milwaukee Brewer. One of the best to ever do it. And certainly one of my heroes. Around the time he had broken the home run record that was at the time held by Babe Ruth back in 1974, he was receiving... Death threats daily, before breaking the record, racist threats, and through it all, he kept his head down, worked his ass off to surpass all of that and break the record. On that fateful night in '74, I still remember that. Watching the video, of course, I wasn't—I wasn't even thought of yet, until 14 years later. But he is a definite hero in my eyes. One of my heroes who definitely made a name for himself in baseball. Of course, getting into the league in the 50s, the late 50s, and really doing what he did best. Played baseball very well. But he was also an advocate for civil rights, a philanthropist. Put so much work in that the Major League Baseball front office decided to name an award after after him, the Hank Aaron Award, and that in and of itself is an honor. Of course, served by a Hall of Famer. He will be missed by many, and especially in the baseball world, and to myself, who was a huge baseball fan. And you will be missed very dearly, Mr. Aaron. We then found out Saturday. Larry King passed away at the age of 87. A well-known name in the news industry. Of course, former host of Larry King Live on CNN for many, many years. So much so that I still remember him being on television when I was a a young cub. He was, of course, involved in the WWE as well. Uh, Now, he was named uh, social media ambassador for... WWE had a segment on Raw back in 2012. Uh, uh, Hall, I believe he was—he's also a WWE Hall, he's a WWE Hall of Famer, but a well-known name in the industry nonetheless. And you know, with that's that's two big names in the past, in the last few few days that unfortunately left us. And now is in the great big uh, entertainment sector in the sky. Um, In terms of Larry King, WWE actually issued the following statement for him. WWE is saddened to learn that Larry King passed away at the age of 87. The talk show Titan reimagined possibilities in the world of television with his iconic The Larry King Show. Prominent figures from entertainment, sports, and political worlds graced his show nightly, but King made a special impact on the national coverage of wrestling. They are incredible athletes. Their fan following is amazing, but their results are never in the paper. To me, if someone is interesting, then I am curious. And wrestlers and wrestling are interesting, that he once told uh, Sports Illustrated. When the Larry King show debuted on Aura.TV in 2012, King featured a special WWE Superstars episode that included John Cena, The Miz and Maurice, Big Show, and more. After being named social media ambassador for Raw, King would bring his legendary show to the red brand in 2012. It was an eventful night for their two time Peabody Award winner, as the A Lister memorably couldn't help but crash his set. And King also provided some life advice to Daniel Bryan. WWE extends its condolences to King, his family, and friends. On Hank Aaron's side, I know a lot, a lot of people in the industry um, definitely uh, had some words. Um, our president, Joe Biden, said, When I watched Henry Aaron play baseball, I knew I was watching someone special. It wasn't just about watching a gifted athlete's master's craft on the way to a Hall of Fame career as one of the greatest to ever play the game. It was that each time Henry Aaron rounded the bases, he wasn't just chasing a record. He was helping chase a better better vision of ourselves. End quote. But Sealing also uh, said in a news release... Quote, Aaron was beloved by his teammates and by his fans. He was a true Hall of Famer in every way. He will be missed throughout the game, and his contributions to the game, and his standing in the game will never be forgotten. Again, two titans of their respective industries, unfortunately, left us over this past weekend, and they shall never be forgotten. Um, Like I said, Hank Aaron is a hero of mine. Uh, Larry King is a big, was a big name in the industry of news and entertainment, and they should be definitely heralded for what they have done in their careers. So, on behalf of Wrestleatic Radio and the entire YLP podcast, that will include pretty much myself and my unofficial co-host, uh, Marley, as well as Mama YLP and the future Miss YLP, um... We send our condolences to the King and Aaron families, respectively, and respect their privacy to grieve uh, for their losses. Now, as I've been teasing for the past week or so, and I just have put it on my Twitter over the weekend, change was coming to the YLP podcast, and... I am quite excited for this announcement, as well as myself, well, as well as my dog, for the most part, uh, the future Miss YLP and Mama YLP, as well as uh, Mr. King Ricky Rosé of the Kings and Rings podcast. He and I had a bit of a conversation um, last week, and we spoke on some things, mainly the future of the YLP podcast. Like I said, and I've been teasing, I'm not going bucking anywhere. Just to let y'all know, Mr. Wild P himself is not going anywhere either. Because if he was, trust me, he'd be kicking and screaming and wanting to beat the living, ever living hell out of me, plus security and all that stuff. So that be's what it bees. But I finally can announce properly. As of February 1st, the Wild P podcast will be going down to two days. I know this will be interesting for some of you as I've been known as the workhorse of WrestleLatic Radio. I prided myself on giving you guys the best top-notch quality entertainment three days every single week. And it got to a point where I started to feel a bit of burnout. That, you know, there's there were days where I knew I had to record an episode and I almost didn't want to do it but I knew it was for the betterment of the team and for you guys to, for me to give you the best possible top-notch quality entertainment that you pretty much came to ask for and expected out of yours truly. But now, and I believe in my heart of hearts, it's at a point where if I kept going the way I was going it might get to a point where I just pretty much just may have just fallen back and wanted to just take more time off. And I don't want to do that, and I'm not going to do that to you. That has been my one thing i never wanted to do was not give you 100% every single fucking episode. So I spoke with Mr. King Ricky Rose. We talked about it. And I think now going down to a two-day schedule will be the, is, is the best choice, especially for what we have going on in the future of WrestleEdit Radio. Of course, we are always here trying to give you the best possible entertainment with new faces, as we have with Mr. Fretz, now the newest member of the WrestleEdit Radio team full-time, which I am extremely happy for. Um, of course, with the, uh, unfortunately, uh, with Nate stepping back and, uh, stepping away from WrestleLedict Radio, and of course, Nick Nate, Nate, I miss you like a motherfucker, and I hope you're doing well, doing whatever it is you are doing, and whatever, and whatever you're doing makes you as happy as a pig and shit. But yes, we are going, yes, YOP Podcast is going down to two days per week now. From starting February first, so here's how it's gonna go: Monday and Friday will be the days. So I'm only losing a Tuesday. So you're wondering what is staying, what is going, and what is being moved around. I'm glad you asked. On Mondays, will now be new. Well, now actually, I am sorry. Will it be last. Will it now be last week. This week, the show where you've come to know and love that will be, that of course, talks about last week's episode of NXT and gets you prepared for the Black and Gold Standard that coming Wednesday, will not only feature NXT, but will now also feature AEW Dynamite as well. Makes sense. Gives me a bit more time to actually watch both shows and get prepared to talk about both shows. So instead of talking about the top five things that you should keep an eye on for that particular week going into the next week, it will only be, will only be two or three major topics, major points from both shows, and it'll be kind of like a battle to see who wins my heart that week. Um, it'll all make sense more in time, but I will be featuring more uh, NXT and AEW themes. And think of it like this. Again, it's like, it's like the Wednesday Night War, but on Mondays. And depending on which N- NXT or AEW Dynamite wrestler uh, the theme song will be, the, will be the song that we played, that will let you know who I believe in my mind won the week. So it makes things a little more interesting to see who I thought actually took that week. Regardless of ratings, regardless of anything like that, it is my choice to see who will will win that particular week. Of course, it's still the same format, just a little bit less points. We're going to talk about more of the major points of the show, two to three each. And of course, getting you prepared for that week's Shows for the Black and Gold Standard and uh, Dynamite. That's what you're going to be expecting on Mondays. On Fridays, News of the Weekend will now become News of the Week. So, of course, you know, um, so this will be technically the last episode of News of the Weekend. And starting on Friday, I believe, February 5th will be news of the week. I will talk about all the major news go, had, that had gone down that particular week, and we'll get to discuss that. So from, like, Friday until about Wednesday or Thursday, um, I'll be talking, they're talking about all the news that, all the big major news that went down this week. Think pardon the interruption if you've ever watched the show on ESPN. Uh, not the uh, Fru-Fru version. I'm talking about the Kornheiser and Wilbon version. I love that version. And uh, if you watch the show, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It'll be less new it'll be still news, but um, it'll be a ton more you know being able to talk about the major news of the week you know So it is a it'll be a, a very interesting show because then you know it keeps more focus on you know more recent news. As opposed to finding all the news that went down over the weekend and all that stuff. And so it makes things a lot more interesting. And a lot more fun, actually. So that's going to be good times with that. So Mondays you'll be getting last week, this week. And Fridays will be news of the week. Okay? So you're wondering, with this new schedule, what's going to happen to Light the Fuse? Well, I'm glad you asked that as well. So, Light the Fuse now will be moved over to my Patreon. Uh, uh, we're at Radio. And w- so, with that, of course, now on Patreon, you'll be getting, of course, my pay-per-view reviews. And you'll be getting Light the Fuse, which will basically be geared more towards, of course, me ranting my ass off. Or what grinds my gears, a la Peter Griffin, if you will. Light the Fuse will be more so now focusing on certain things I've seen in not just the world of professional wrestling, but just anything in particular that I think really would piss me off and really needs to be discussed. So sports, news, entertainment, anything of the sort that I think really is going to piss me off, I'm going to be able to talk about it. And so that's what Light the Fuse is going to be now, more so of a, you know, just a, you know, what really grinded my gears. And this will pretty much be uh, any time at that point between, you know, it'll definitely go down the, more so on the weekends or whenever I feel it, it, it's a just, you know, a just time to do so. And I'm quite excited about that because it gives me it gives me that much time, more time to actually be able to work on La- uh, Light the Fuse and, of course, my peer review reviews and all this stuff. So that's what we're going to be having going forward. Two days a week on WrestleLedict Radio. And then, of course, pay-per-view reviews, Light the Fuse, Secret Files. Well, Light the Fuse is pretty much now the Secret Files podcast. We have changed that. Light the Fuse is, you know, Secret Files podcast is now dead and gone. Light the Fuse is now going to be taking over for the Secret Files podcast. Still won't know the topic until you press play, of course. But now it's going to be taking on a little bit more format. but I think this move going forward really will benefit myself. It'll benefit rest radio as a whole, giving us opportunities to um, maybe have another show down the line, another open day to be able to uh, have certain shows just in case one, you know, our, one of our shows misses a day. It gives us a little bit more leeway to work with um, all of our shows. So, and it helps me a little bit because then I can actually focus on just two main shows during the week instead of three and have a better schedule to work on things outside of the podcast that you know I normally do. Um, I think this will be great for all uh, parties involved. That includes you, of course, the listener, who I value big time. So that's what we're going to be doing going forward. 2021 and forward. Light the Fuse on Patreon. Last week, this week, now on Mondays. News of the week starting on February 5th. Hopefully, you guys will be cool. hope you guys are uh, cool with the announcement. And I hope that this is definitely going to be a kick-ass thing going forward. Um, really opens up a lot of things for all of us. And that's that's what I'm kind of going for. Just to keep myself sane, in a sense. And... Um, A way to be able to make sure I take the time, the proper amount of time to actually make sure I'm taking care of myself. Other than that, y'all, well, hell, who the hell would I be if you, you know, didn't have the man you come to listen for? Well, time to get back to business. This is episode 293 of the YLP podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said. Let us begin. Yo peeps, this is Mr. Fretz from the Fretzelmania Podcast, and you, yes, you with the earbuds, are listening to Stephen A. Smith, I mean the young Lions perspective, right here on WrestleAttic Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Zach, noise and malicious podcast here, and welcome to episode 293 of the YLP podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Monday. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Of course, Y'all listening to this episode of the podcast on anchor.fm slash young lions perspective anchor.fm slash wrestlowic radio and and anywhere else you can hear this lovely, lovely podcast. If you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, or opinions about today's episode, do not hesitate to hit me up with an email over at YoungLionsPerspective at gmail.com. Make sure you keep it friendly. Don't do anything weird. Don't send me anything weird. And make damn sure you keep it honey authentic and real with yourself you can also find me on my social media at young lions perspective on twitter over on instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective and on facebook at young lions perspective all one word or simply search for young lions perspective podcast it is monday january 25th 2021 and of course y'all know what you came here for a brand new episode. Or dare I say the last episode of News of the Weekend. The show where I talk about all the news that's good for me to talk about. And I know if you guys listen to the opening segment of the show, y'all know now that as of February 1st, you'll we'll have new formats. Last week, this week will be taking place on Mondays. News of the week will be going down on Fridays to kick off your and in proper YLP fashion, so it is a definitely interesting time here at the YLP podcast and in the YLP realm as well. Um, please do stick around, like I said, you know, ain't nothing changed but the address around here, and uh, like I said, like the Fuse will now be going over to Patreon, and I'll begin to talk about more ranting, so that's going to be quite fun for me to actually do that on a normal basis. Uh, I'm quite excited about the announcement, and I'm quite excited about the the evolution of the podcast going forward. Um, It's definitely something I've really wanted to do, but I've kind of been stubborn about it a little bit, and uh, wanted to make sure it was the right time, and to be able to simply do this properly, because it wouldn't make any sense, I don't make a move if I feel like it's not beneficial to myself and everyone else that's going to be involved that includes you with us uh, if it wasn't beneficial for me I wouldn't agree but I felt now is the right time to make that move and so I think with this it's going to be definitely quite interesting to see how you guys uh take to it uh hopefully everybody, you know, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see how the new format will go about uh it'll be, it'll be beneficial for everybody across the board um And it opens things up for uh, the rest of WrestleMania Radio as well. So, quite excited to see how all of this comes about. I am quite excited. But we still got to get down to business and talk about some news that came out of the weekend. And the first article we're going to be talking about today is quite hilarious. I saw this news and I literally laughed for about a solid 10 minutes. Um, Not uncontrollably, but for a good portion of those ten minutes, I was literally laughing because when I saw this, I was like, "Yeah, he ain't wrong about this one." So uh, let me make sure I get my trusty professor reading glasses on real quick. Make sure I pick the right pair. Shine them up real nice. Turn them some bit. Yeah, no, not the rest. All right, let us get into the news of the weekend, shall we? From WrestlingInc.com. The Undertaker says the current WWE product is a little soft. Yes, that is the headline. This is uh, from Marco Rovere. As a guest on the Joe Rogan Experience, exclusively on Spotify, where you can also find this podcast as well. The Undertaker talked about his career with the WWE and the current product. Taker mentioned the issues he has with the current product when Rogan asked him if he still follows wrestling nowadays. The Undertaker said it's not something he enjoys to watch because of the way the product has changed over the years. Quote, I try. It's tough right now for me, Taker said. The product has changed so much and it's kind of off. I'll probably piss off a lot of of people off, but they need to hear it. It is what it is. To the young guys who think he's a bitter old guy, I'm not bitter. I did my time. I walked away when I wanted to walk away. I just think the product is a little soft. There's guys here and there that have an edge to them, but there's too much pretty. And not enough substance, I think, right now. End quote. The Undertaker spent over 30 years with the company and recently worked his last match at WrestleMania 36, facing off against AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. The phenom mentioned that WWE is doing its best to present a product that appeals to everyone, but the Undertaker younger talent wasn't given the same training and process that the people he worked alongside with did. Quote: One of the big things that happened was that the generation before we all got old at the same time, so there weren't enough guys to work with the young guys. You can listen to the fans on the internet, or you can listen to someone who's been there and done that. There was just not enough of the merging of the young and new talent. We had Stone Cold, Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. We were all working together, and then we all aged out. We aged out and let all these young guys to learn more with more young guys. And the product changed, end quote. Taker gave props to Triple H for running the Performance Center in NXT for trying to build the new future of wrestling. He said Triple H is trying his best to turn back the clock and build guys with more of an edge. Quote, the Performance Center is helping. We got Triple H who's trying to get some of the toothpaste back in the tube. Take a step back to move forward to try and get the product more edge. I think that's what it's missing, end quote. And of course, uh, if I use any of the quotes in the article, I got to give credit to the Joe Rogan experience with H/T slash T2 Wrestling Inc. for the transcription or else I decided to get sued. And we ain't got time for that at all anyway. Now, let's be real, as we always do here. We're trying to keep it 100 with all of us. Taker's not wrong in any of this. I agree with Taker when he says the product's got a bit soft. 100%. Of course, I lived through the Attitude Era. I'm I'm about to turn 33 this week. And... I've gone through the Attitude Era, the Ruthless Aggression Era, the Authority Era, whatever the fuck they wanted to call it, the Reality Era, I believe that's what they called it, and now in the COVID era that we're in right now. So I went through all that, and you notice, over time, I can tell there's there's points in the game where it's been a little frou-frou. A little soft, little, little weak. I mean, there's still characters that you know, you have on there, and that have a, have that tad bit of an edge, but not to the point of like, like characters I'm, I was used to seeing, guys like Stone Cold, Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and all that. And I know everybody pretty much says, you know, and you know, we can't go back to the editor today, or We can't make that, you know, especially with the PC culture that we're in now, and um. You know, everything's PC and 2PG and you're not allowed to say this and, you know, you, you know, words are violence and everything is fucking hate speech and all this shit. Which is why a lot of people are gravitating kind of towards AEW in a sense because of the fact that, you know, they still have a bit of an edge to them. And a lot of that is missing. You know, I'm looking at, you see most storylines on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, and you're just questioning, how in the fuck is this a storyline? How in the fuck is this a storyline? Why are we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? I've given you better booking scenarios over the past two fucking years. And have literally given you sheer genius. And I guarantee you about 95% of the stuff that I fantasy booked was a million times better than what WWE has been booking as of late. Easily, too. I made it super easy. Following the bouncing ball, as I always say. But, Triple H is, uh, not Triple H, Undertaker is also right in saying that, you know, Triple H is trying to bring that edge back. You know, guys like the Carrion Crosses, the Damian Priest, the Johnny Garganos, the Timothy Thatchers, the um, Candace LeRae's, the Io Shirai's, the Rhea Ripley's, the Raquel Gonzalez's. And all of them, and they and they have a bit of edge to them. Heels are proper heels, baby faces are proper baby faces, but they still have a little bit of that edge to them. You know, they still have a little bit of they, I I see more character in NXT than I really do on Raw. You have a bit of it on SmackDown for the most part, but I don't say, you know. The NXT women's division is the best women's division in all of wrestling for nothing. The Undertaker is one hundred percent correct. This product's got way too soft, and and you got and I understand you know they go along with the culture, you know. WWE usually goes along with the culture of what's going on in today's world but my world and today's world don't mesh that well it really doesn't it should but it don't because i think you know we should be able to speak freely on how we feel about things regardless of you know if anyone gets fucking butt hurt you know or thinks it's hate speech or thinks it's too you know it's not pc enough and you know all this stuff you know And I'm not seeing, you know, when you see things like Roman Reigns saying suffering succotash in a promo, it's not a good look for you. Just saying. WWE needs to cut some shit out. For real. Really does I'm not saying you can bring back the Attitude Era. That will never come back. I get that, but you can still have that feel. Let a wrestler say a curse word every once in a damn while. You know, Kevin. No one speaks speaks like that. I need to see. I want to see more of that. I want to see more edge. I want to see more like you know, edgy content. I don't want to see this. You know, fru fru shit. That's not what I pay for. That's not what I watch. That's why I don't watch Raw anymore. Raw is just an insult to my intelligence. And with every passing week, it's, I, in my mind, when I read you know, the results and shit, it just gets worse. There's a reason Raw stays under $2 million every fucking week, for the most part. There's just nothing about Raw that I even want to fuck with. SmackDown, I have my moments with that, but they're most, most Friday nights. I'll live-tweet a little bit, but not to the point where I can do a full episode because there's just some points where I'm just like, why the fuck are they even doing this? Why is this even worth talking about? WWE needs to get that shit together. ASAP, because if they don't, well, I guess they're going to have to prove Undertaker, they're going to be proving Undertaker right. And they really, you know, need that. And, and he's not wrong in saying as well, you know, when all the, old guy, uh, you know, the older guys, they aged out and there was no other... Veterans to work with the younger guys and keep and let them know like how we do things. He's not wrong also saying there's too much pretty and not enough substance. Look at the storylines we're getting. There's not enough substance in that storyline, there's not enough weight in that storyline. So what the fuck am I gonna spend my time doing checking that out for when the whole joint itself. Is literally nothing of nothing worth talking about. That's how I see it. And you know, if you feel some type of way about that, let me know. Maybe me up with an email. Let me know how you feel about it. Let me know what you think. Is Undertaker right? Undertaker wrong? Do you think that maybe he said some things that maybe, you know, rubbed you the wrong way, made you feel some type of way, and if he did, I'm glad. Because he he didn't you know he was off, the, he, wasn't off the, he was not cut he was 100 correct in what he said you know stop being frou frou and get it back to where you were it's like that and that's the way it is but we shall continue on and we'll head over to prowrestling.com. Tony Khan discusses the process of bringing fans back to AEW Dynamite. This is from Matthew Wilkinson. AEW was the first wrestling company to bring live fans back, and Tony Khan has discussed the process of making that happen. Every wrestling company has handled things differently, with the WWE creating the Thunderdome while Impact, MLW, and ROH have continued to simply run empty arena shows. However, AEW has been allowing a limited capacity of fans in the Daily's Place each week, just created a more familiar atmosphere to these shows. When speaking on wrestling with Brandon Walker, Khan explained how it all came about, admitting that he was inspired by drive-in movies, as he even considered doing a drive-in wrestling show. Now, I know you've seen those uh, more so on the independent wrestling scene, but this is what he had to say about that. Quote, Eventually, as we've gone on and learned more, we learned we could do outdoor shows with limited risk of transmission as long as we kept everyone split up. I wanted to bring fans back and allow fans to come to the show in a safe manner. This was inspired by Drive-In Movies. When I saw Drive-In Movies were doing it, I was thinking there had to be a way to do it. At first, I thought about Drive-In Wrestling, but it wasn't viable to get the ring set up and do it with cars. But I do think, though I do think, people have tried it and it's a cool idea. For us, doing a live television show, sooner or later, you're going to run into logistical problems with weather and other challenges. Before any sports had done it, we were the first ones to have pod seating and giving them a chance to do socially distanced viewings of the show. End quote. Of course, shout out to Fightful uh, for the transcriptions and H T's, all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. But I do like his process. Drive-in movies? I've never personally been to one, but I heard drive-in movies are the shit. You go in your car, you get to chill in the back seat, open up the trunk if you got a you know, nice little vehicle there. You and your significant other or your family can just, like, watch from the comfortable convenience of your vehicle, eat popcorn, be in your uh, comfortable feety pajamas, and uh, watch movies. And most of the time, it's probably a double feature, all that cool stuff. So, that's always a win in and of itself. So, I like that inspiration for that. But I also love the fact that AEW was the first one to actually allow fans to come back to the shows. And... Of course, with social distancing and making sure fans wear masks and getting tested and, you know, taking temperatures and all that, making sure they are safe uh, is a fantastic thing because fans do add a certain energy to the shows that is unlike any other. And the first time they brought fans back a couple months ago, and that first time I heard just not even the AEW roster, the fans singing Judas. When Chris Jericho came out, I think somewhere in Chris Jericho's soul, he felt that, and it, it's so hard because I saw the look on his face, like, "Wow, it's, it, it's he he looks so happy to have those fans back and be able to simply just, you know, hear that." It, it was a, it's, it's quite an exciting thing. It was quite an exciting thing to, to see. And two here. And now it's become a normal thing. And luckily for AEW, they're in Florida, where pretty much it's just wide open. You know, I I haven't really heard of many restrictions in Florida. um, Besides a curfew at 10 p.m., if I'm not mistaken. Since COVID apparently, you know, comes comes to play after 10 p.m. for some reason. Bees with bees. But... Fans just add a certain element to wrestling shows. And it really adds a little bit more something special to it. A certain, a nice, a nice, little, nice little extra spice on the, on the meat, if you will. It's a, it's a certain element that we are all missing. And with the Thunderdome, of course, I know Vince McMahon's trying to push for fans at the Royal Rumble. I don't th- think he'll be getting that, but he will be getting fans at WrestleMania in a couple months. So I think that's going to be really be a big deal for WWE to have those fans there. Cause now, as far as I know, I believe he wanted 20, There's 20% capacity in Raymond James stadium for WrestleMania, but they, he, I've been hearing news about possibly 25,000 at night. Um, Or it's either 25,000 a night or 25,000 overall throughout the two days um, on April 10th and 11th. This is a big deal because I think Tony Khan's been doing it right. You know, he's been giving us proper shows, and fan fan reaction really helps the cause. I think if they were just doing empty shows with just the AEW roster as the crowd, which Actually worked, you know, with the heel side and the face side. It's definitely worked well. Um, and now bringing back in fans, I think they can only bring like a 1,500. Um, it's still more than enough to garner some noise and garner some reaction from the crowd, which is fantastic. So hopefully overdue time, hopefully, in, you know, by summer, maybe fall 2021, uh, we get fans back in arenas and they'll be able to tour again. And we'll actually get shows. And I will be very, very happy if that's the case because honestly, without fans, the shows are kind of dull. I mean, I've I can I can watch you know SmackDown every Friday night and still see that virtual board, but it doesn't have that same feel as fan actual fan reaction in the building. They can do it, and hopefully at WrestleMania, um, excuse me, we're gonna see that, and we're gonna be like, and and those fans who are gonna go, um, that'll be one hell of a ticket that will go very quickly as quick as a Velveteen Dream uh, snap of the fingers. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, it's a solid process that Tony Khan came up with and it's and it's serving him well over right now. And I hope that over time in the next few months, we start getting back into the swing of things, more fans in the arena at Daily's Place, more fan, you know, hopefully getting fans in arenas and then being able to tour again. That will be the biggest. And I'm telling you right now, whatever organization has the first show with an actual arena in it, that show will literally be, A, sold out, have B, had the biggest ratings that the, the show has ever seen in quite some time. If it's AEW, that will be their biggest show ever in terms of thing. Put it this way. If AEW, let's say AEW does it, right? And AEW has the first show in an arena close to full capacity or with some amount of capacity in there. Guarantee you that will be their biggest ratings show ever. To that point. Guarantee it. That will that will be 1.52 million viewership easy. Mark my words on that. Remember that. 1.52 million viewership easy. And hopefully WWE follows suit and we'll see how it goes with WrestleMania. But we shall continue on. Let's head over. To the New Japan side of things, I think. I, it's been a while since I talked about some New Japan news, and I think today is a proper day to talk about some New Japan news. From Wrestling Inc.com. NJPW President Takami Obari talks NJPW's goals, challenges for international expansion, from Jason Ompresuth. On PWI's digital issue, Inside NJPW, which is available for download, Walter Yeats, sat down with new NJPW president and CEO Takami Obari, who took over after Harold Mays resigned in September. Best move that NJPW could have made, period. Obari previously served as CEO of NJPW of America, and in the interview, he opened up about himself as well as plans and goals he hopes to help NJPW achieve. Obari first opened up about his 20-year career in the IT industry, as well as going to business school in America, He stated that working for NJPW was a childhood dream, and he talked about working with NJPW's partners at TV Asahi, as well as the Japanese government. He revealed that the main things he was working on was was on the digital marketing side of things, as well as improving NJPW world and NJPW's TV footprint in Japan. NJPW of America was launched in late 2019. Obari noted that the pandemic halted plans NJPW had. And he discussed more details about running NJPW of America during its early stages. Quote, well, as we were growing our business globally, the idea behind NJOA was to have a place for our contracted talent to be able to wrestle overseas and to create an opportunity for wrestlers based outside of Japan to wrestle for NJPW while they are overseas. Before the COVID pandemic hit, we were able to do that to the point where we had touring routes set up across the whole of the United States. And we have a staff we have staff and partners over there that have the know-how and the tools to produce constant touring events now that live tours are obviously on the back burner at present but with the help of our amazing sponsors at lec we've been able to produce NGPW strong on a weekly basis and that's gone a long way in achieving what the original goal for njoa was in the first place pre-pandemic we were also planning to open a physical token shop for fans to visit in la and although COVID has delayed those plans somewhat we have been able to launch token shop global and have fans all over the world support NJPW remotely. The pandemic has delayed our plans globally, but by no means has it put a stop to them. We were already making preparations to go all out as soon as the global situation is resolved. Things overseas move at a tremendous pace, and that will mean I will take a more direct approach with things in NJOA in the near future. Having said that, we will have an incredible team of dedicated and very capable employees over in the States. So it's entirely possible for me to manage our business in both Japan and America at the same time. End quote. Obari assured that NGPW's plan on running events in different areas in Canada and the United States was still the goal for NGPW. He talked about how NGPW's global expansion is still important for the company, but he noted that without live crowds, that will make things difficult for a company that relies on live events. Quote, absolutely. Our global advance is something that's incredibly important to NGPW and it is continuing. Obviously it's live events, where we are most visible, and without live crowds, it can appear on the surface as if things aren't moving. But rest assured that a lot is going on behind the scenes as we speak. End quote. When asked about NGPW's immediate immediate and long-term goals, Obari went into detail about NGPW reaching a point where they can run events both in Japan and in the U.S. simultaneously. He also hopes that in 2022, NGPW's 50th year, the company can regularly earn about $100 million a year, to so where they could run big events in Japanese stadiums. And big U.S. venues like Madison Square Garden regularly. "Quote: Our mission as a company is to bring joy and strength to the pe- to people through professional wrestling. It's been important to us to not not to let that strong style spirit that's been a part of our identity for nearly 50 years be extinguished by the pandemic. And we work to do all we can so we can achieve our mission both during and after COVID. In the immediate future for us as a company." It's important to be able to increase our earnings through means that aren't affected by limited crowd sizes or empty arenas. In other words, through online shopping and better monetization of our content. In 2022, when we celebrate 50 years as a company, NGPW will be better, will be able to bring together what we can do as a live event powerhouse and these newer earnings sources, which I think will make us stronger and more profitable than we have ever been if we can continue our plans for events in the US. And the plan will be to have events happening in Japan and internationally simultaneously, and having fans keep on track of everything live. We want to create stars that make NGPW a popular brand on both sides of the Pacific and beyond, which will only serve to make our content more valuable worldwide. If we keep on track with our plans for our 50th year, then I see a clear route to regularly earning in the 10 billion yen range annually, and that's where you'll see large-scale events in Japanese stadiums and big U.S. arenas like Madison Square Garden on a regular basis and quote this past Wrestle Kingdom was another two night affair as was last year's. However, while Obari expressed his desire for NJPW to show its strong style mentality, he did not confirm if Wrestle Kingdom would remain two nights permanently. He did express NJPW's d- desire to run more large scale events in not only the other four major domes, but also outside of Japan. Quote, there's been an ongoing discussion for a long time now. I think that there are a lot of interesting possibilities for large-scale events and not just in Japan. End quote. Launch of NJPW Strong last summer has seen the development of the LA dojo as well as more wrestlers recruited into the dojo as well. NJPW already has their own dojo dojo in Japan, the Noj, and New Zealand dojos. And Obari discussed the rumors of NJPW creating a dojo in the UK. Quote, setting up an NJPW is no easy task. There's a spirit and deeply baked traditions that have created our Noje Dojo, Noge, I think it's Noge, and allowed us to produce the best wrestling talent for half a century now. That history, that tradition, and that spirit is what makes NGPW what it is today. And when we feel that spirit, even in a different form, is what informs our dojos in New Zealand and Los Angeles. Certainly, the prospect of more international dojos is exciting, but the sanctity of what they do is very important. And we want to focus our efforts on our current dojos for the time being. NGPW has expressed their desires to expand into the United States, but Obari also talked about running more events in Australia and England. He was also asked if NGPW would run a tour in Mexico with their partners there in Mexico, saying, quote, We ran events in the UK and Australia in 2019 to a tremendous reception. So we are absolutely open to that possibility. We have maintained a strong relationship with CMLL for many years now, and our first milestone as far as possibilities with CMLL are concerned will be to have our annual Fantastica Mania return, Tour return to Japan, which we hope will happen as soon as the pandemic dies down. After that, a Mexican tour is a very interesting idea. Now, there's a lot more with this article, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut it there because there's a lot more to go into. And, um, yeah, a little bit more. So let's pretty much break it down. This man wants to make $100 million with with the venture that's going to be going down um, as soon as the pandemic dies down. Live events in the United States, live events in Madison Square Garden, which will be absolute banana banger, will be crazy. Uh, The four domes in Japan, which would be absolutely fucking nuts. I mean, they already have Tokyo Dome in their back pocket, so that's light work. But big shows in Japan, big shows in the United States. Possibility of going to Mexico for a tour would be crazy. Uh, Canada having dojos in the UK, which they already have in New Zealand, in Japan, United States. Expanding their horizons to find great talent. To bring over to NJPW and make them household names over time. Of course, social media definitely helps the cause with that. With YouTube and everything. Of course, I've subscribed to their uh, NJPW stuff on YouTube. So I keep up with uh, events and all that stuff. These are really, really possible things that could happen. You know, that could happen for New Japan. It's very attainable. That's the word I'm looking for. Quite attainable uh, to actually have happen. The possibility is there. I mean, they were already on their point. From, of course, if you follow New Japan, of course you know that they were definitely trying to get everything set up for tours. They were getting ready to set up set up shop in the United States and really make uh, and really start making uh, their name known to fans in the United States. I mean, they did have the G1 Climax in Dallas to get off. To get off I believe 2019, uh, they had their first show, the G1, in Dallas. I remember that show. Very well, because I watched it from beginning to end. Ibushi, Tanahashi, Okada was there. I mean, it wasn't a large crowd. It was maybe like six thousand at best, but still, though. Six thousand fans made it made it sound like it was twenty thousand. They they turned up for that. That was awesome. And and by the way, a great show to kick off night one of the G1 climax. Absolutely. Already, Obari is really getting his foot, feet wet with this. Don't get me wrong. Harold Mays as president wasn't a bad thing. But with what I think New Japan wants to do and what, um, what, planning, what they're planning on doing for their future, it seems very bright. It's very bright. And I really want to see NGPW grow into a powerhouse. To become a worldwide household name in the eyes of the wrestling fan. I don't know. I mean, besides myself. I don't know many people who watch New Japan on a regular basis like I do. You know, when it comes to like, you know, Wrestle Kingdoms and, you know, New Beginning, the anniversary shows, the New Japan Cup tournament. Uh, Sakura Genesis is going to be coming back on April 4th. So keep an eye out for that, which is, gonna be, which is usually where the winner of the New Japan Cup faces the current uh, IWGP double champion. Um, We'll see how that goes, which that's going to be fucking wild. Um, Of course, Dominion in June, uh, the G1 Climax happening in in the fall of this year because of last year uh, being canceled due to coronavirus, be damned. Um, There's a lot of, there's a lot of possibility there for New Japan to really, set up shop in the United States. And they're already setting up shop because they have NJPW Strong, NJPW of America, you know, NJ of America, and you know, NJPW Strong they have every single week on um, NGPW njpwworld.com. So the possibilities are really endless for what New Japan wants to do. And if they really decide to make this a big fucking deal, um this is going to be fun. And I can't wait to see what 2021 brings for New Japan. And 2022, I think, will be a solid banner year for the company as they enter their 50th year of being a promotion in the professional wrestling business. The sky's the limit for um, New Japan and Obari-san. Definitely is leading the way and really looking like he wants to make something huge uh, go on for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And to end this first half of episode 293 of the YLP podcast, of course, talking about the news of the weekend from Cultaholic.com. AEW Revolution 2021 to be pushed back. This is from Aiden Gibbons. During Full Gear 2020, AEW announced that they will return to pay-per-view on February 27th for the second edition of Revolution. The show will no longer take place on February 27th, though, according to Wrestling Observer Newsletter's Dave Meltzer. A new date has yet to be finalized, but March 6th and March 7th have both been discussed. The show will also reportedly take place at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, which has been AEW's home during most of the COVID-19 pandemic. Melzer didn't know why Revolution was being pushed back, but he pointed out that February 27th had been talked about as a possible date for a Jake Paul pay-per-view. AEW's lowest drawing pay-per-view was Full Gear 2019, which went head-to-head with KSI versus Logan Paul 2. With the show being moved, Sting will have to wait a little bit longer to make his return to Squared Circle. The Icon hasn't wrestled since September 2015, but AEW announced on Wednesday that he will team with Darby Allin against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks in a street fight. So, am I surprised? A little bit. I'm quite surprised, given the fact that, you know, February is usually, you know, their quarterly and we're doing, and they're making the move for a Jake Paul pay per view. Oh wait, the whole Jake Paul Floyd Mayweather joint. Okay. Hmm. Huh. Well, if that's the case, then so be it. And because, uh, like I said in the article, the lowest drawing pay per view was 2019. It's full gear. That show had its moments, though. I'm not gonna front. That show had its moments. Um, That was actually the Cody Rhodes-Chris Jericho match that started the AEW uh, rivalry between uh, MJF and Cody, which was a very, very nice little rivalry there that led to last year's Evolution, where MJF actually beat Cody. So, I mean, of course, course with the whole uh, WrestleMania being moved to April 10th and 11th, This really doesn't surprise me that, you know, Revolution is moving back a week or two. You know, it bees what it bees. You know, I'm not going to trip on it. It ain't going to hurt my feelings too much. And, um, I mean, it doesn't really mean anything more than another couple of, another extra week of, um, storyline building towards Revolution after Beach Rick, um coming down uh, I believe next week. So it doesn't hurt the cause at all. It just really just extends it by about a week or so and we'll still get AEW Revolution. It's just that the 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 big uh biggest uh win of this, they get an extra week of storyline, so they get a little something something to actually be able to kind of like help out the storyline with with uh Darby Allen and Sting and uh Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. That will be something to look forward to. Of course, um, we have the uh, Young Bucks will be defending the AEW World Titles against uh, the, whoever wins the Tag Team Battle Royal at Beach Break on uh, February 3rd. And that's all we know so far. And more than likely, I'm hoping uh, we get Kenny Omega versus John Moxley Part 2 for the AEW World Championship to main event AEW Revolutions. That's something to look forward to going on. And, of course, we have the uh, Women's Tournament coming up. That probably won't take place um, until maybe after the tournament. Uh, after revolution. So it's definitely a couple of things to look forward to um, going down the pike uh as we go into further into 2021. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude the first half of episode 293 of the YLP podcast, talking about the news of the weekend. When we come back, I got a little bit more news for y'all to kick uh to, you know kick off your Monday in proper YLP fashion. I have news on whose idea The impact partnership was as revealed by Tony Khan. Of course, y'all know I got the overnight numbers for Smackdown live. What the overnight ratings were for that. I got big news. And uh, this is also some big news going down this week uh, of NBC sports network shutting down their operations and how sporting events like NHL, NASCAR moving to the USA network could have a major impact on dynamite and NXT, And I got a little something-something to talk about in terms of what Big E said, admitting part-timer will likely face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 37. All of that on the other side of episode 293 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What is going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. And if you have just $5 a month, that's right, $5 a month or about 17 cents a day, you can join our Patreon group where you will get exclusive access to shows that you will not get. Anywhere else, including Wrestle Wars, Watch the Throne, The Secret Files, and the pay-per-view show, just to name a few. Of course, we also have Fretz's Favorite 5 and a bunch of other bonus content, as well as 15% off. 15% off of any of the merchandise we sell in our Teespring merchandise store. So head over to Patreon.com backslash Wrestle Addict Radio, all one word, for your chance to be a part of an amazing wrestling community. So, 293 of the YLP Podcast. Continue on with our news of the weekend. And let us get into it. Let us begin with some news out of WrestlingInc.com. Big E admits part-timer will likely face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania by Si Mohan. During his recent appearance on Busted Open Radio, WWE Intercontinental Champion Big E spoke about his chances of headlining WrestleMania this year, and I hear that he would potentially be overlooked for a part-timer to face Roman Reigns in the main event. Big E was candid in admitting that the only way he can get an opportunity to face Reigns is if WWE brass is unable to find big money superstars to take, take the coveted spot of facing the Tribal Chief at the biggest show of the year. Well, you know how it is. They're going to go through a list of part-timers, big names, and big money guys who work once a year gonna go through that list and if they can't get all those guys booked for that Roman spot for WrestleMania, then it's kind of like, now who do we look to who works here on a weekly basis who has actually been grinding, now maybe give them an opportunity. And quote, while stressing that he wants to earn his spot as a main eventer and not jump through all the hoops, Big E said he will deliver to the best of his ability regardless of where he's placed in the card. Quote, my goal is you get what you're giving and you make the best of it. Tell me the time, tell me the segment, tell me the direction, and I'm going to give you the best I've got. Big E is currently one of the odds-on favorites to win the Men's Royal Rumble match next Sunday and face Reigns for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania in April. Daniel Bryan and Bill Goldberg have also been rumored as potential opponents for Reigns. Now, I believe there was some more news that we found, at least I found, um, over the weekend. And I believe it actually talked about um, names like John Cena and Goldberg. And uh, from whatculture.com, you can find this out. Big WWE WrestleMania 37 update John Cena and Goldberg nearly locks to compete. From Andrew Pollard. With previous reports indicating that WWE is yet to make a concrete decision on some of WrestleMania 37's biggest matches, now comes news that WWE is planning on having two major matches each night of this year's two-day iteration of the company's showcase of The Immortals. As for the usually reliable WrestleVotes, WWE is looking at four big matches to take place across the weekend, which means the likelihood of the company having to look outside of its current full-time roster for such bouts. His latest story suggests that both Cena and Goldberg air are nearly locks for the event. While the Rock and the Undertaker look unlikely, but seemingly not completely impossible. Hmm. And this is from uh, WrestleVotes quote: "Once a decision was made to run two night card for Mania, the creative team started working on bigger ideas. The thought is now, is WWE now needs four major matches, two per show, that probably requires outside assistance from big names." Cena and Goldberg nearly locks rock unlikely taker to be determined. Follow up on the taker part. Majority of those backstage think he's done and rightfully so. However, it only takes one call from usually one, usually convincing man to change all that. End quote. Continuing on on the taker front while he's reiterated how he is, how he really has retired. Now he's also said how he's always there should Vince McMahon need him. Would you put it past Vince to guilt the Phenom in the more match? Absolutely not. Should The Undertaker have one match? Similarly, absolutely not. For John Cena, he actually appeared on Raw this past Monday night as part of the promotional package for WrestleMania 37. Cena last competed back at WrestleMania 36, so it remains to be seen whether he'll pump up his sneakers, throw on some jorts, and be in action once more come this year's granddaddy of them all. I hate this shit. I hate this shit. Y'all know how much I hate this shit. I hate this shit. and This is why I wanted to start off the segment so I can get this rant out of the fucking way and I can be more calm during the rest of today's episode. I believe I've said it multiple times that there's no fucking reason why part-timers should be having any part in any of the big-time main event matches of WrestleMania. Why is Goldberg competing for top titles? Why did Goldberg face Bray Wyatt last year and win the Universal Championship? Why do we need Legends Knights to pump up ratings? Why? I've stated multiple times that Goldberg doesn't need to be anywhere near the main event scene. Nowhere. You can put him on the mid-card, you put him in the middle of the card, and he'd be working just fine. Why in the fuck are we putting names like Cena and Goldberg at the top of the card? Huh? Why? This is, once again, proof that WWE Creative hasn't done their job in terms of building up talent that are full-time roster members to be able to build a main event scene, a proper mid-card scene, and a lower mid-card going forward. Your main event scene on Raw is dookie, trash, garbage, hot garbage. Hot garbage, trash, unbearable to watch, and honestly, not worth my time to even speak about, but we're going to speak about it anyway. You have guys like Keith Lee, Bobby Lashley, Matt Riddle, Jeff Hardy, Elias. Jackson Ryker could actually be of use in the mid-card. And you're not doing much with them. WWE has already ruined the the main roster career of Dominik He It could could have been a big fucking deal in the U.S. title scene. Mustafa Ali could have been a big deal. He's not. Mia Yim could have been a big deal. She's not. It is quite atrocious that WWE is still to this day relying on part-timers to sell a card. I mean, you could easily have a match like Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre for the WWE championship at WrestleMania if you booked it correctly personally i still want to see Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley for the United States championship at WrestleMania cuz that i think personally that match would be absolute fire or i mean you could have riddle challenge lashley but they're making him look like an absolute dumb fuck it is quite upsetting To see that you're they're considering Goldberg to face Roman at WrestleMania to make up for what was the match that was supposed to be last year. This proves to this proves once and for all yet again, WWE does not give a single fuck about their full timers. Because honestly, like, why are we looking at Goldberg for anything in terms of a championship? Why? Because he's the big man? Sure, he is. But he should not be competing for championships. He should be putting over younger talent. I said it a while back, a Goldberg-Lars Sullivan match would be something that I would like to see to help Lars Sullivan get the fuck over. John Cena could be doing the same exact thing. He was doing that prior to WrestleMania 36. He was helping get guys over. So why is Goldberg not doing the same thing? Why aren't they having him do the same thing? Why are they having this? This proves that when you have no one at the top of the card, you have to dip into the bottom of the barrel to get something out of nothing, or at least in their mind, they're trying to get something out of nothing, and it's not working. It doesn't work. Biggie, it will. I, I believe Biggie will will prove himself right in admitting this. Granted, yes, he is an odds-on favorite to win the Rumble, but I don't think he's going to win it. I would love to see him win it, but I don't think it's his time yet. I think he'll have a great showing. I think he'll be the Iron Man, possibly in this matchup, and have a fantastic showing as the Intercontinental Champion. I really do think that. I really think he'll really show, show his ass off and have a great showing at the Rumble, which would definitely help him as he goes into WrestleMania. And possibly a triple threat with Sami Zayn and Apollo Crews. And that will help Cruz immensely. Big time. 100 percent it will help him. So I, I expect that to happen for Zane, Biggie, and Apollo Cruz to happen at WrestleMania in a triple threat. But this this is this is what happens when you don't build your rosters properly. When you have no mid card on Raw, when you have no main event scene on Raw, you have to bring back a Goldberg to help boost your shit. You have to bring back Goldberg to have a main event on the card. And I hope Drew McIntyre retains. Goldberg doesn't need to do anything. He doesn't need to win the WWE Championship. He doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. He doesn't need to do any of that shit. He needs to to just come in, put McIntyre over, get his paycheck, and shut the fuck up and bounce. this is this this is this is a big this is probably this will be the biggest mistake of 2021 if you have Goldberg win the rumble hopefully he's not even in the rumble I hope he's not I hope he loses to McIntyre, gets his paycheck and uh, throws up deuces and bounces until they, until he's needed again because he will be because Rod didn't do shit to build their roster they've been destroying careers on impact. Again, Dominic Adjokovic could have been a frontrunner for the U.S. championship. And you could have been—you could have literally have him be a big deal in helping put him over, maybe against the Bobby Lashley, to become the new United States champion and have him have a, a few with the Hurt Business, make him a big deal and possibly have him win the championship at Mania to establish a new star in your company. Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre could have been your main event for a WrestleMania on night one. That would have been a passing of the torch moment to Keith Lee, building him up, having him win few, having him win big matches. Cause the the win against Randy Orton should have been the jump starter for his career to in a buildup to a possible McIntyre versus Lee clash at Mania. I give you gold on this shit. I let you know what's up, but if you have a part timer in the main event, of a WrestleMania, you're only proving all of us right. That they only can rely on part timers to get the job done because they haven't done a damn thing with their full time members of the roster at all. You're proving, they're literally essentially proving us right. And when Biggie comes out and says a part timer will likely face Roman at Mania, you're essentially once again proving us all right. Stop proving us right WWE, stop proving us right Vince, stop proving us right Bruce Pritchard, stop proving us right WWE Creative. I actually have some fucking balls. Tell Vince man, tell Vince McMahon to go eat fucking shit and fuck himself because this is what we're running. But since everything goes through Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, we're going to get some bullshit at Mania. That's going to be hot garbage. And more than likely, when I talk about it the Saturday after WrestleMania, I'm pretty much going to be talking shit instead of actually praising the event. Mark my fucking words, it's going to happen. I guarantee you, if you have Goldberg, Roman Reigns, I swear on everything that you are not going to have a happy fan base come WrestleMania 37. I fucking promise you. But we shall continue on. From WrestlingNews.co. NBC Sports Network shutting down. Sporting events like NHL and NASCAR moving to USA Network can have a major impact on NXT and AEW dynamite. From Paul Davis. According to multiple reports, NBC Sports Network, owned by NBC Universal, is shutting down, and sports properties like the NHL and NASCAR are expected to move to the USA Network. This could have a big impact on WWE NXT since many of the NHL games on NBCSN air on Wednesday nights. NBCUniversal is telling the Sports League that the ratings should go up once they are on USA. Of course, just as this is a big deal for WWE, this is also a big deal for all elite wrestling. In theory, AEW ratings should go up without NXT competition. It is widely believed that NXT was moved to USA to counter AEW and keep their ratings down to a certain level so that they have less leverage when it comes time to negotiate a new TV deal slash extension with TMT. Facts. We'll have more on this story when we hear more. There is no word on the exact date when NBCSU will be shutting down. And this is an actual big fucking deal. Because I actually like NBCSN. I I am a hockey fan. I'm a Philadelphia Flyers fan. And we're trash as of late because we don't know how to fucking play hockey after destroying Pittsburgh twice to open the gear. Now we're getting smoked by Boston. Pissing me off. But that's okay because we have no defense and we don't have a goalie to save our lives. Do better. But this can turn into a big deal for... NXT this could be a big situation for NXT and that would pop if this is legitimate so what this would possibly do for NXT is that, if that's the case, since it's legit, um, the possibility of NXT having to move to a different day. Now, I've talked about this a couple, probably once or twice on the podcast, and have stated that you know if they move to tuesday this may help out NXT across the board because of the fact that they would have no competition in terms of viewership they would without any of that they wouldn't have to worry about um you know competition from AEW they would just be alone It would just be a simple lone wolf situation. This could help out NXT and AEW as a whole. Because without the other, it's simply fans would be able to be able to actually take in NXT on Tuesdays, AEW on Wednesdays, and then go about the rest of their week and go into SmackDown on Fridays. It's beneficial. And now with NHL and NASCAR coming over to the USA Network, whenever that possibly happens, um, the move can only help both because not everybody watches hockey and not everybody watches NASCAR. I don't personally watch NASCAR because they make left turns, um... I want to see NXT move to Tuesdays. I would love to see this move happen, and the Black and Gold standard I think could only could e- it, it makes it easier on fans. It makes it easier on people like myself who do podcasts to be able to watch it on Tuesday, AEW on Wednesday, and be able to go into my week and go on Monday and talk about last week, this week without issues. Makes things easier for a lot of us. And like I said, ratings would go up because there's no competition. I want to see it happen because it's going to have to happen. There's no reason why it shouldn't. I think it needs to happen. And it'll be beneficial for everybody across the board. Fans, the people who do the shows, and everyone involved. Move NXT to Tuesday. I want to see this happen. Once The, the second it does happen... And when it does happen, everybody will win in the end. We'll see what happens. And once I get the more, once we get more news, I'll be able to discuss it on Fridays. From WrestleTalk.com. Tony Khan reveals whose idea the impact partnership was from Andy Datson. When Kenny Omega defeated Jon Moxley at AEW Winners is coming to become the new AEW World Champion, very few people guessed where we'd be where we are now. Omega won with the help of Impact Executive Don Callis, who has become Kenny's manager, and it seems a relationship between the two promotions has now been formed. Speaking on the latest episode of Oral Sessions with Renee Parquette, AEW Chairman Tony Khan revealed that the idea for a partnership Actually, came from Omega himself. It was Kenny's idea. He asked me about it, and I love good ideas. I don't do every idea. I try not to do the bad ones, and I don't do every good one. Sometimes I don't realize they are good because I'm not perfect and I make mistakes. Sometimes there are good ones that don't fit. This was something Kenny brought up, and I thought it would be a great idea. He put a lot of time and thought into it, and I give hundred percent of the credit to Kenny, Don Callis, and Kenny have a great relationship. And Kenny believed Don would be a powerful advocate for him and could fill the role of a strong heel manager. I went with Kenny to the taping. They had their pay-per-view. He wanted to help Don and he wanted to help us. I wanted to support the idea and greenlighted it. End quote. Khan has been appearing in paid ad segments on Impact shows alongside Tony Schiavone, something Khan has been enjoying a lot. Quote, I went with him while, and while I was there, Tony Schiavone said he would come hang out. I had the idea to buy ads on Impact and do promos. It's great. It promotes our show and keeps the storyline with them going. When we first did it, I didn't know how people didn't know people would enjoy them as much as they have, and I didn't plan to keep doing them for as long as we had, but they got a great reaction. End quote. The latest hint, latest big hint, I should say, and this could be a long-running relationship between the two promotions was private party becoming the new number one contenders for the Good Brothers, Impact. Tag Team Championship, and they will be facing each other at no surrender, I believe, in uh, either February February or March. So good on Kenny for coming up with the idea for uh, this long-term partnership, because there is no downside about this at all. There is no downside of this whatsoever. Take a sip of water real quick, my apologies. There's no downside in any of this. We spoke about this last week, you know, uh, because Ichigo Okada maybe one day wanted to have a super show involving you know WWE, AEW, Impact, New Japan, and all that. And I spoke about the possible partnership of AEW, Impact, and New Japan Pro Wrestling if there ever was to be a partnership of the magn- of that magnitude. So, the fact that it was Kenny's idea to actually want this to happen, and for Tony Khan to greenlight it, A, we thank you both. Kenny for believing in the partnership, and B, Tony Khan for actually believing in it as well. Because I want to see more partnerships like this prosper. You know, especially with Impact, you know, a lot of people don't watch uh, Impact. So, this actually helps the cause for Impact. It puts more eyes on them now because now you have AEW talent going over to Impact Wrestling and competing in matches against AEW uh, uh, Impact talent. So that's going to be a fantastic thing to see. Now we have private party facing the Good Brothers for the uh, Impact World Tag Team Championships. And hopefully in 2021, we do get Good Brothers versus Young Bucks. That would be a huge money match for both brands, whether they have it on AEW, or they have it on impact, either way, both sides win. And so do we as fans. There is no negative coming out of this. Seriously, think about it. Name one negative that's coming out of this AEW impact partnership. Take all the time you need. I got plenty of time. As far as I know, I don't see any. This will help talent across the board and imagine if like the inner circle goes over to impact wrestling and competes. You start seeing a Sammy Guevara competing for the X division championship jungle boy, maybe a Luchasaurus matchup because impact does have some solid talent. And I also talked about the knockouts division and the AEW women's division. Now, since there's a partnership, Diana Peraza going over to AEW dynamite and facing off against Hikaru Shida for the, the like a one-on-one matchup. That's there. Britt Baker going over to challenge for the Knockouts Championship. You know, now we have the Knockouts Tag Team Championships uh, with, I believe, Tasha Steele and Kiara Hogan. Fire and Flavor. Now you're going to have team people have to face them besides uh, Nevaeh and Havoc and uh, Jessica Havoc. And uh, Dana Purrazzo, Kimberly, and uh, of course Jordan Grace. You know, you can also start, you can bring over Ivelisse and Diamante over there. You could do that. You can have I'm trying to think who else, maybe a Britt Baker and, um, and a Rebel go over and challenge for those championships. There's so many possibilities with this that really works well for both sides. And Kenny Omega was the one who put that into the put that juju into the air. And, you know, Tony Khan, he was just like 100 percent in support. And for that, both of you, we thank you, because now we're going to see a lot more come out of this major storylines, and hopefully partnership of the knockouts in the women's division over in both brands for AEW and Impact, I think that would definitely help. It definitely helps the cause. And I think this should really, really be something that they should take in, uh, into consideration. You know, Thunder Rosa taking on uh, Diana Perazzo, Britt Baker versus Deanna Perrazzo. There's so many possibilities there. And we have to see it through. And I think this whole situation is well thought was well thought out and well done. And and the fact that Tony Khan actually truly believes in it, I mean, there's I, I mean it's it's a beautiful thing to see. And I can't wait to see how well this blossoms, not for both AEW and for Impact. And finally, to round out this week's episode of News of the Weekend, the final episode of News of the Weekend. Of course, we're going to be talking about some ratings from SmackDown, AEW, Dynamite, and NXT, so let's go over the numbers. We'll start off, of course, with WrestlingInc.com with the SmackDown Overnight Ratings, featuring Bayley's Ultimate Athlete Obstacle Course from Joshua Gagnon. Friday, SmackDown drew an average of two point two two million viewers in the Overnight Ratings. According to Show Buzz Daily, Hour 1 drew 2.8, 2.284 million viewers, and then Hour 2 went down slightly to 2.28 million viewers. SmackDown also drew an average of 0.6 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic, which was tied for number two on the night. Short tank was the top spot with a 0.7 in the same demo. If the number holds up, it would be 0.9%. Percent in viewership from last Friday's SmackDown, which drew an average of 2.262 million viewers, with a 6.67 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. SmackDown was number eight for the night among the networks in viewership. It came behind. It came in behind Shark Tank 2020, MacGyver, Magnum PI, Blue Bloods, The Blacklist, and Date Night NBC. Blue Bloods topped the night with 6.582 million viewers. Final ratings will be out this afternoon so keep an eye on that for sure of course now we head over to aew dynamite and uh, nxt side from wrestlingnews.co aew dynamite total viewership increases against u.s presidential inauguration coverage wwe nxt also up from andrew ravens the live viewership numbers for both aew dynamite and wwe nxt are in AEW and NXT were up in total viewers. It was AEW that took the night. This took the win this week in viewership and won the key demo. This week, the top shows on cable were all news related, so that did play a factor in the numbers for AEW and NXT for a third straight week. Earlier in the day, Joe Biden was sworn in as the new president of the United States. AEW Dynamite drew 854,000 live viewers and NXT drew 659,000 live viewers. Last week, AEW drew 762,000. NXT drew 551,000. The top 150 shows on cable list has yet to be released. Thus, there is no word yet on where both shows ranked on the chart, nor any other breakdowns in the demographics aside from the key demo. Um, in terms of viewers, AEW 18 to 49 viewership between, with AEW was 0.36. NXT was 8.15. And that, as I said before, they had no other demographics. Uh, breakdowns, so that's pretty much all we have to run with with that. And as I X out of these last articles and put down the laptop, as customary, place phone on top. It's good to see at least for SmackDown, AEW, Dynamite, and NXT that we were able to see numbers going up and there's nothing wrong with that. Even with the presidential uh, inauguration coverage going on, it's good to see AEW Dynamite and NXT actually have their numbers go up, as opposed to possibly going down due to the fact that coverage was just everywhere. It even happened at my job um, last week. So, you know, it's definitely something to keep it. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Now that we're going forward, um, now that there's no more uh, inauguration things or presidential covers or anything of the that matter that we now can simply focus on the shows as a whole. So, I am very happy to see all three shows actually have good numbers. That's, that's the key thing, especially with uh, the whole Roman Reigns-Kevin Owens deal over on SmackDown, um, with the whole Big E situation they're building towards. With everything they've got going on, It's I'm very, very, very happy to see that all three shows did quite well for themselves uh did well for themselves in the demographics you know i was very pleased with seeing these numbers i'm very happy seeing these numbers and i really hope more you see see more numbers go up and that we, uh, we're going to be able to see hopefully we'll see the numbers keep continuing to do well for these three shows i have no faith in raw so they can kick rocks but You know, really good to see these numbers go up. And hopefully now that we got all the stuff out of the way, the more more the focus will be focusing, more fans will be now gravitating back towards uh, professional wrestling. And hopefully we get to see better numbers from AEW, NXT, and SmackDown Live going into this week. And I'm sad to say it, but ladies and gentlemen, that is going to conclude the final episode of News of the Weekend starting February 5th. We'll be going into news of the week. Stay tuned for all that good stuff. And that will conclude episode 293 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 294 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. So guys that's gonna be it for episode 293 of the ylp podcast the final news of the weekend episode i want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day your night your afternoon and your evening wherever you may be wherever you are in the world thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast and as always I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any thoughts, concerns, questions, or comments about today's episode, if there was any news I may have missed, anything at all, do not hesitate to hit me up with an email over at younglinesperspective at gmail.com. I want to hear all your things. Uh, maybe one day we'll have a full-on episode with just all of your emails and all that good stuff. So send them in. Don't hesitate. Don't be so worried about it. Don't be scared. Any questions are good questions across the board. If you want to find me on all my social media, I can be found over on Twitter at YL Perspective. That's capital Y-L-P Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. Smackdown live every Friday, unless I have a prior prior obligation to attend to. I'll let you guys know prior to that night's particular episode. I also do live tweeting for every AEW, every AEW live pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view, which I will be doing for the Royal Rumble next weekend every nxt and nxt uk takeover special and of course when it's 3 30 in the morning and i have nothing else better to do because i can't seem to go back to sleep given the fact that i went to the bathroom and it bees what it be, sometimes i do live tweeting for njpw as well excuse me if you want to find me over on instagram i can be found over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective updates 60 second thought videos Social Saturday stuff, all that good stuff you can find over there. DM me if you have any questions or memes. Memes are always accepted. Damn good form of currency in my world. So you can find me over there on Instagram. If you want to find me over on Facebook, given the fact that all my Instagram posts are linked to Facebook, you can find me over there at Young Lions Perspective, all one word, or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, and make damn sure that you follow the page. We have over 100 followers over there on the page, and I want to thank you all so much for your continued love and support. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, don't hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the alt text sites, Gab, all the messaging messenger sites as well. Facebook Messenger, Signal, WhatsApp, Boxer, Telegram, all those. Spread the word. Sliding your friends DMs, sending them in a text message, all that good stuff. Spread the word about not only the YLP podcast, but also with Wrestle added Radio as a whole. Because in these unprecedented quarantine times, we here at Wrestle Added Radio strive to give you top-notch quality every single week. That's what we plan on doing then, now, and As long as we keep doing this damn thing Because with the YLP Podcast The Kings of the Rings Podcast The Fretzel Mania Podcast And of course, the Delight Show with Man's Chample, We not only strive to be The cure for the common wrestling podcast We strive to be The cream of the crop The creme de la creme The best of the best King in the castle, Undoubtedly Undisputed 100% Then now, and for, and for the alternative of a professional wrestling podcast, and that we are here to stay. Now I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app, and that's perfectly fine. Everybody has their, you know, app that they use for their podcast listening needs. But just in case you, you've been hiding under a rock for a little while, um, not only are we part of, of course, ambiguous podcast and anchor.fm slash Lions perspective, anchor slash wrestle addicts radio. We are everywhere. We are everywhere. And of course, that means we are partnered up with Amazon Music and Audible. Of course, if you have Amazon Music, you not only can find albums, songs, and all that stuff from your favorite artists, but now you can also find podcasts. That includes the entire Wrestle Addict Radio family. And if, you, of course, you're a fan of that and you're checking out our episodes, make sure you give it a five-star rating and give it a solid comment, letting the people know about Wrestle Addict Radio as a whole. Same for Audible. Hundreds of thousands of audiobooks can be found over there. Your favorite professional wrestler's favorite professional wrestler probably has the audiobook out as well. And now they are getting into the podcast game. And if you're over on Autumn sure you leave a top rating and a proper comment letting the people know about the Wrestle WrestleAdrio family and the YLP podcast as a whole. But if you're on neither of those and you still want to find us, we can be found on several different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, and as always, shout out to the Podbean gang, Overcast, Castbox FM, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam! Search for the entire family of Wrestle Addict Radio. And you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. And I'm going to go look over to the judges to ensure I fulfill my obligations for the day. Looking over to the country of hmm, who's open right now? Uh, we are looking to the country of Sri Lanka this Monday. And I believe I'm getting a thumbs up, so we are all good to go. Tomorrow, episode 294, the final iteration of this ver- of this chapter of last week. This week is gonna be going down the last strictly NXT. Last week, this week, going down. Of course, y'all know we're going back in the time machine, going back seven days to see what happened with last week's episode of NXT and getting you, of course, all ready to go for this week's episode of the Black and Gold Standard. And that means we get to talk about the fight pit between Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. Who got the victory? Who was the winner? Who was the last man standing in the fight pit? We're going to talk about all of that. And, of course, I believe, as far as I know, all the other matches on the card are simply uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic Tag Team matches. So, we'll be discussing all of that, the goings-on with the tournament, giving you the updated brackets, everything across the board with that. And that's pretty much it. I'm going to get the hell out of here. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. If you're going to be watching Monday Night Raw, as I always say, my condolences to your sanity. And I'll see you guys right back here tomorrow for episode 294 of the YLP podcast. See you. This has been a Russell Attic Radio branded podcast.